This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports, all things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law on Fox Sports Central Alabama AU100 and Kicks 96.3. Football is back, reunited, and it feels so good. We got a taste of it this past weekend with college football. Really wasn't a great slate of games when the best game that you've got to look forward to, at least what it looked like was going to be the best game we had to look forward to, was Navy-BYU on Labor Day, and we all saw how that went down. But... This week, this weekend, with the return of the NFL and then also the ACC and the Big 12 both playing some football games this Saturday, we've got better football. It's still not amazing matchups, but better football. And the NFL, when we when we get to that in a little bit, the NFL's got some great games too. So the NFL's not holding back at all. The college football, we're still in the fledging stages of this year, but Jeremy, man, it feels good, and you can hear the excitement in my voice. College football is back. We had a great night of high school football last night, ready to talk some college football. Uh, not a great slate. Um, you can make the argument that it's not. I still think it's better college football than we had last week. It's Power uh, 5 football. It, it's Power 5 football. It's a reminder that Big Ten's not playing. It is a reminder of that, although some people still optimistic that they can find a way to start mid-October and still take place in the college football playoff. Michigan's over here like, we're ready to play tomorrow. Well, if you think about it, they're still practicing. They're yep. still working out. only thing they're not doing is driving to Ohio State or flying to Ohio State and playing the game. Makes no sense, but we have some good, some good college football Teams, uh, at least, playing. Teams playing. If you were excited last week, you should be excited even more this week. NFL has already kicked off, and now we're rolling into NFL Sunday tomorrow. It's going to – this is the weekend. So let's take a look at that college football slate then. We know the ACC begins their conference schedule this week. I mean, you got Clemson, Wake Forest, Duke, Notre Dame, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Q's, North Carolina – um, and, a, and a bunch of other games. Some of those ACC schools are playing non-conference football games. Big 12 teams have got a couple of um, non-conference football games. Oklahoma's playing this Saturday. Uh, just a lot of a lot of football on, not necessarily high-profile matchups. We're not going to get that until the SEC starts playing ball in a couple of weeks, or next weekend, rather. So we're still a week removed from when it we really are going to be hot and heavy into the season. But it is better football because we've got better teams playing than BYU and Navy and that train wreck, or shipwreck, rather. But um, what's the game you're going to be locked into this Saturday? It's such a poor, I don't want to say poor slate of games because essentially I think everybody in the Big 12 is playing out of conference. I, I, I just, As I look up and down this list. Don't the, say it's a poor slate, my man. I mean, it's better. I'm over here trying to talk it up, and you're nah, like, eh, it sucks. <laughs> I, I still like, and it's bad to say that you have an ACC-only schedule, and you figure out no way, like this should have been like Clemson, North Carolina week one. Like, let's get it. Yeah, let's just go ahead. Let's, let's get it on. Like, but when Clemson Wake Forest is your 630 ABC, Kirk Herbst, they may not be doing it. I think they're doing like the Monday night football game this week. But like that's your 6.30 primetime ABC national. You don't even need cable to get it. It's over the air, and it's Clemson and Wake Forest without Jamie Newman. 
to me, it's still like, we're really, really excited and go. And 61 nothing. Well, that's probably yeah. what it's going to be. And you have an early morning kick, North Carolina and Syracuse. Syracuse is probably going to be a lot worse this year. Yeah, they're going to be bad, but it's like kind of you feel that same vibe around 11 a.m. I know you're at North Carolina, who's a good football team. Sleepy Syracuse. I don't know. They, it's like this feels like one of the games where they always play it close, especially over the last four or five years. Kind of sounded like President Trump a little bit there when you said sleepy Syracuse. <laughs> He's calling somebody else sleepy. <laughs> so when you look up and down the list, I mean, like Big Twelve teams are eh, they're Big not playing awful. This week's bad. It, if this was a normal week of college football, everybody. If this wasn't a normal year, you just you know I'll, I'll wake up, cut the grass, maybe take a little longer, miss that uh, noon kick. Maybe. This seems like a good week zero of college football. If it was like a, a traditional year, like you're saying, you're like, oh yeah, I got oh, to watch Georgia Tech, Florida State in week zero. That's I'm, a pretty good game. I'm gonna feel but, like I'm gonna feel the same when Alabama plays Missouri on the 26th. All right, let's get it going. Clemson Wake probably Wake had a good team last year. They lose their quarterback, lose a few other guys, but when you look at it, how does Clemson, who is ranked number one? According to ESPN, not sure what rank they use the AP. Is Clemson number one in the AP rankings? Yeah. Start the year. So, unanimous. Top ranked Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I I want to see how they bounce back. They've always bounced back well from, I guess, losing national title games. But how eventually, if you're Clemson, you've been on the mountaintop and you've been on the mountaintop, they're rolling into that Ad- Alabama category of teams where like, it doesn't matter if you won it last year or not you're still getting the best shot of every team that you're going to play. And they play a lot of weaker teams than any returning champion would ever play in the SEC. I get it. But how are they going to handle it in such a weird year? How much depth do they have? We know they've recruited well. They've lost a lot of guys over the last few years. They pass it with flying colors. And if there's a VIP room in college football, and for some reason Ohio State, I know it's not their fault, but Ohio State got recused from it this year because they're not playing ball. But if there's a VIP room in college football, the three teams that are in it is Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State right now, and that's it. Georgia's on the, is, uh, is outside in the line trying to get past uh, the yeah, bouncer, they're, they're but talking. they're not letting him in. Kirby's outside. He's begging the bouncer to let him in. Like, come on, come on, Kirby. I know the guy in there. I know Nick Saban, okay? <laughs> let me in. Yeah, I coached with that guy, right? Like, I'm on the <laughs> list, but there's not that fourth team and without Ohio State you can't even make a case where who's the third team because Notre Dame was in the playoff last, weren't they like no two years ago they were in the playoff but did Notre Dame at the playoff last year no so they didn't like LSU's gone Ohio State it's gone two years ago Notre Dame makes the playoff Clemson beat them in the playoff but you look at like who is that second team and there's nobody playing this week that can or that third team that's playing this week and say oh well that could be the third team well who Oklahoma I just, but I don't put them in that room because they they get beat so bad by everybody else. I mean, it doesn't matter who they're playing in the college football playoff. Alabama, LSU, doesn't matter. They're going to get whooped. They haven't they, been able to rise to that level yet. Like they get there by default because they play in a bad conference, easy schedule. They're going to go undefeated. And don't get me wrong, Oklahoma. I believe I don't consider Oklahoma a part of college football's royalty, despite their history and their pedigree, mainly because they just haven't been able to get it done in recent They've years. They got it done once. They yeah. got it, and, and that was sixteen long time ago. Oh, when did they win it? Oh two, long they, time ago. Don't so, even know. <laughs> I mean, the early Bob Stoops days is when they win one. Oklahoma's like they're they're not. Georgia's on the outside of the club still. Oklahoma's just trying to get into the VIP. Like they have their handful of drinks and they're. 
point to their buddy over there, like, hey, you going to come get me in? And Dabo and Nick are like, we don't even know this guy. Who is this? Don't, don't, they're not on my list. And I just don't – like, Oklahoma, yeah, they would probably be the third team, but it is just so separated, and they're going to win by a million. And they have another – as soon as they name Spencer Rattler, hit the starting quarterback, his Heisman odds soar like he's at the top of the list because they throw the ball a million times and have a really good offense. So if you're excited about blowouts, get it. Like you're gonna have the best weekend. If you're if you're a betting man, probably not very excited about this weekend because you can just how many high lines are there? No. I mean, oh my god! I don't know if you're a betting man, you may be excited because you might have something to bet on for the first time in a little while, at least college football related. Well, you can be. I guess there's this yeah. way to look. You can be excited about losing money because I would. I don't <laughs> bet because I will lose a lot of money. Going back to what we're talking about, this VIP room thing, let's compare it to the hangover then. This just occurred to me. So Oklahoma is the Zach Galifianakis of that crew. And we're just looking at this from hangover one, okay? But, like, they that is him. That is them, okay? They're a part of the group, but the outcast in the group, they clearly just doesn't feel like they belong, but somehow they're there every year just by default. The guy, and I've forgotten all of their names now, but the person that gets lost that they, they lose on the top of the roof. What was his name again? Do you remember? You Dude, love these movies. I, I, yeah. Um, um, Phil. Didn't it lose Phil? No. Who's Phil? I can't remember. Is that Bradley see, this, Cooper? Uh, I, I don't know. There's Bradley Cooper and then um, what is it, what, we'll say the guy that's lost on the roof. If you can go and find that for me right now. That's Ohio State. They're lost on the roof right now. But they're obviously a key and well-loved member of the group. They just took these guys out to Vegas for this man's bachelor trip, right? Oh, they lost Doug. Doug, Phil, that's Phil right. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Allen, and then you had uh, Stu, and then of course Mr. Chow. And then Bradley Cooper is he Alabama? Is he Clemson? Allen, Alabama or Clemson? Which one is it? No, I, I feel like Oklahoma probably is Allen because you look around like, dude, he's back. But then Georgia is is Mr. Chow. He's like. Where did these guys come from? Like, they just keep showing up. They're in every movie. You think they're going to phase them out in one because it couldn't get any better. It comes back in the second one. And then they've revolved the whole third one around it, which just feels like last year was like, oh, yeah, this is. Who's this the is dentist then? Oh, that's Stu. He that, pulls his tooth out. That's right. Who's okay. My, for yeah. some reason, I was thinking that was Allen. Okay. So, like, Allen is Oklahoma for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then it's between Stu and Phil for. Alabama and Clemson comparisons there. I don't. I don't know which one's which. No, uh, it's I, uh, if Bradley Cooper's definitely going to be Alabama. I knew you. I knew you'd get well, that. I mean, too. He's, he's, <laughs> the, he's the star, and you got Clemson. Clemson to me is Stu. They're like they're there. They still haven't been like the star, but you get they're, they're Stu, main member of the crew. Stu is in. He's fully in all of the movies. Like Phil yep. Doug gets lost. Alan gets like kidnapped or something like that. I mean, also look at the movie careers of all of those actors. Stu, the actor that plays Stu, you've got his name right there, right? Well, it's Ed Helms. He's from The Office. Okay. He has been in way more movies since The Hangover than any of those other guys, other than maybe Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper had the one recently with Lady Gaga, whatever that was called. I can't believe I've forgotten that name, too, of that Uh, movie. Tell me something. Yeah. It's all over the radio. What What is that movie? You watch that? I, did, I, I haven't seen it. it, and that's why I don't know the name of it. But I'm a sports guy, okay? Now you can see why the cinema may not be my strong suit when I begin to compare college football programs to the cast of The Hangover. But, that, hey, that makes for an interesting discussion. Going yeah. back to our word, the genesis of this conversation began and, and looking at this schedule, though, um, the game that I'm going to be locked into this Saturday that I'm actually really excited about 
it's not the best teams on the schedule. It's probably the two worst teams playing in the ACC this Saturday. But I think the Georgia Tech-Florida State game actually is probably going to be a compelling ball game because I, I think it's going to be close. I don't think Florida State has improved to the point yet that they're ready to boat race anybody. And I think people are sleeping on Georgia Tech a little bit. Not sleeping to the sense of like, oh, these guys might have a winning record this year. No, they still may only win three or four games this season. And they went three and nine last year. They're still by far probably one of the bottom three teams in the ACC this year. But week one, I'm not super thrilled about either of these teams. And it may be bad football, but I don't think that they're as far apart as North Carolina, Syracuse is, Clemson, Wake Forest, and then Duke, Notre Dame. I think this game's actually going to be a, a close football game, which at 2.30 wow. ABC, this is the one to watch, I think. How good is Notre Dame going to be? I think they'll be a top three team in the ACC, but I think that there is a chasm between them and Clemson, and I think it's Notre Dame and North Carolina competing for that second spot to go to the ACC title game. How can you, how can you st- sit behind that microphone and tell me that Georgia Tech, Florida State – they're both going to be bad. Georgia Tech probably has a better outlook on the season. I think than Florida State is a seven, six or seven win team this year on an eleven game schedule. Maybe better. ACC is that bad. You got to remember that the ACC is that bad. I'm not saying that Florida State's a good football team. I think Tech is bad, but Florida State they've got James Blackman back at quarterback, who is Jeremy Johnson 2.0 for Auburn fans out there. I mean he. he doesn't have the best decision what makes making. The game but compelling, other than well, there's probably, it's going to be close. There's probably That's ten what, other games here that could be close. I mean, you got but, ten other games. I mean, no way. <laughs> Kansas and Coastal Carolina might be close. See, I but mean, at least this is two names that mean something a little bit. They they mean more than Kansas, Coastal Carolina. You know, what I mean, Florida State's got a history. Georgia Tech's got a history. How close does Billy Napier get the Iowa State game at at Lafayette? I mean, like, whoa, here you go. I Iowa looked State's at that one. I was like, oh, this could be a pretty good game. I mean, this could be a pretty good game. Yeah. And that one, what? That's that's an eleven starts right after this. So I, mean, I think Lafayette could. I think that could be a compelling game as well. I think if there's, Lafayette's an, got if it okay there's a major upset to watch right here of a top 25, oh, it's major, they're number 23. But I think at about 2 o'clock today, you may be talking about Lafayette, yep. Billy Napier, beating Iowa State, who's 23rd in the country. As far as name value is concerned, though, Tech and Florida State on a piece of paper 10 years ago looked a whole lot better, or maybe even six years ago, looks yeah. a whole lot sexier than it does today because they've had a couple of bad years now backed up against each other going into this year. But I think they're going to be better. Both teams. Florida State's in a bad, bad spot. I don't think they go 7-4 and on an 11-game schedule. They had a winning record last year. They fired their coach. It was the biggest joke in – Taggart may have been the biggest joke in college football last year. What what was going on? Do you go from Jimbo to that guy? Get out of here. I can't believe you picked that game. It's just, it's. I just think it's going to be a closer ball game. That's like Van, if Missouri and, and Vanderbilt Vandy, were playing, yeah. You'd be like, yeah, this is the one I'm watching. It is. That oh would be the game. I, I would rather watch a close game between two bad teams than watch Clemson absolutely annihilate Wake Forest 100%. It's just, there's nothing interesting about that. You still watch the best talent, get to yeah. see what, what a potential playoff team is going to do, look like. Well, NFL schedule then, tomorrow. Let's briefly touch on that. Game of the NFL that's drawn your attention. I think, obviously, it's well noted on this show, big-time Browns fan right here. Super excited to watch Cleveland play Baltimore. And I actually think that game, even from an objective standpoint, I think has 
some good storylines going to it. Not only are they divisional rivals, great defensive line. Browns, there's no secret. They've got a great defensive line. Miles Garrett's back, and they're going against the quarterback that everybody believes apparently is the best player in the NFL. I think that's going to be a good football game. I also think, though, the game that everybody needs to be looking at, and if that is if you do get it here regionally, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Drew Drew Brees and Tom Brady going against each other is going to be a phenomenal game in the afternoon. The Fox 330, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. It's weird. You're going to see Tom Brady wear a Buccaneers jersey, and he's going to have Gronk with him. And – Leonard Fournette with him. God willing, I make it to tomorrow to see that. It's like, <laughs> well, how is this happening? Also, another big one, my Dallas Cowboys. Tomorrow night, 7.30, NBC. Is it, I believe, at? Yes, in Los Angeles, at the Rams. Dak Prescott. This is a money, this is a real money year for Dak now. Like, this is, he can get some longevity in the most storied well, pre-Patriots, most storied franchise in the NFL. Still America's team. My Dallas Cowboys getting it done. On the other side of this break, we got Speed Round presented by Lance Brown Allstate. Mac Jones been eating some cookies. We'll tell you what's coming up next in the Alabama football quarterback situation and what's the latest with Auburn football as well. Once again, Speed Round presented by Lance Brown Allstate here on On the Line on Fox Sports Central Alabama, AU100 and Kicks 96.3. Don't go anywhere, everybody. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you on AU100, Kicks 96.3, and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Or if you're listening to us on demand on, hey, guess what? Apple Podcasts. That's right. We're on Apple Podcasts now. You want to be able to listen to the show on demand, go check it out on Apple Podcasts. Of course, also on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Those are all the places that you can find our podcast, the On The Line Podcast. Just search On The Line Radio Alabama. You'll be able to find it real easily. Go and subscribe to it. Hit a review. Helps us move up in the rankings a little bit right there. If you want to support the show, leave a review. Put those five stars there. Do us a favor. We're right behind Joe Rogan right now. We're trying to <laughs> we're trying to jump Clay Travis and Joe Rogan for number one. Speed round presented by Lance Brown Allstate. It's time for that. Let's get on to it. Brought to you by Lance Brown Allstate Car Accidents. They happen every day to make sure your insurance rates won't go up just because of an accident. Stop by or call 334-758-0088 to talk about accident forgiveness today. Are you in good hands? Jeremy, same rules as always. We got six questions this week. Uh, more than two minutes for sure. I, I think I think it's just time to let the count out of the bag. We we end up spending more than two minutes on each of these questions, but we try to go through them as, as quick fast, as possible. Man. It is. I mean, we are cramming six different topics into one segment. That is major efficiency. You know, in real radio, six that would be twelve minutes would almost be a segment. That's right. Here we go. Speed round presented by Lance Brown Allstate. You ready? Pumped up. Question number one: We all saw what happened to Navy on Monday against BYU. What are your thoughts on the midshipman's decision to not have been having contact in practice? Heard that from sideline report. Was it Allison Williams or whatever doing the doing the sideline reporting in the pregame? And they, you know, they go to the hit down there on the field to the sideline reporter. 
getting the latest on what's been happening in practice, and apparently the latest is no contact, and no contact happened in the ball game on Monday night either. It should be illegal to <laughs> score that many points on a on a, one of your military schools. I don't feel bad. Uh, they, that's our that's our Marines, man. That's that's na- that's the Naval Academy. If you weren't going to hit in practice, you shouldn't play. You're clearly not game ready. You're not practicing true. Maybe I guess you can still practice. Can you practice tackling without tackling? Like, yeah, you know, they'd run the drills where you get somebody under the pads. And you're really – a lot of schools are limiting contact, by the way. Not by, not for coronavirus. You just see so many guys get hurt these days in, yeah. in, uh, in, in practice and in preseason. But it showed on the field that they weren't practicing tackling and – they got mollywopped. They got destroyed. You text him before the game, like, or when that sideline report happened. Did you Did you hear this? No, I wasn't watching the game. I didn't watch this game, but it was it was lopsided on the scoreboard. And if you asked me which one of these teams didn't practice tackling, you know, after the game, what I told you was Navy. Box score right here. First downs for BYU: twenty-eight, Navy seven. Total yards: five hundred and eighty for the Cougars, one hundred forty-nine for the Midshipmen. 279 passing yards for BYU, 30 for Navy. I mean, that that's about par for the course, though, typically for a triple option team. But the rushing numbers are, are those just the absolutely astounding statistic here. You would expect this to be flipped in this ballgame. 301 rushing yards for BYU, only 119 for Navy. They ran all over them, 6.1 yards per rush. It looked like Navy was in a different gear like it it didn't look like they had been playing live football for that long it it looked like it had been removed for a while and so it was obvious when I saw when I saw that after I saw that first possession Navy got the ball first I was like "Uh, okay it was just they picked up a couple yards didn't get the first down I was like "Uh, that's a real football and then BYU just ran it and just kept running and running all game long and 155 to three you got to practice it's like what did you did you not think you were going to have contact in a ball game yeah, like, they just shouldn't have played. If you're going to practice like that, just cancel the season. I mean, Navy is on the East Coast. BYU's on the other side of the Great Plains. You were going to travel to play somebody and hit somebody. It was going to happen eventually. You might as well just go ahead and prepare for it. I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. Question number two, we've seen a recent slew of Pac-12 players opt out of the spring season. So far, I think we've seen three Oregon guys do it. Panay Sewell was one of them, that yeah. really highly touted offensive lineman opt out of, I put this in air quotes, spring season, if that actually does happen, and they've declared for the NFL draft, what side effects could we see from a spring college football season? I don't think it's a good idea. No, I, I don't think you're going to see any side effects because I really don't think a spring season is going to happen. This is a brutal, violent game. Now, I could see some of these lower conferences or like the lower tiers of uh, the lower divisions actually maybe moving here to the spring just because. There'll be some economic benefits to the FCS playing Absolutely. in the spring as opposed to competing but for in the, the Pac fall. 12. How are you, why would you play from, Jan- or from February to May and then turn around and jump into your 2021 schedule? So, for May, summer camp, fall camp fall practice, and then hit the stretch in September back to playing your normal 2021 schedule. The, I think the side effects of this are, for, if you do it, fatigue, way more injuries. You're going to see how bad a football that the Pac-12 has, and then they're really going to become the laughing stock because Saban said it, and I think a couple other SEC coaches said it, it's going to be junior varsity football. It's going to be bad football, and you will equate it to – the XFL or kind of like the minor leagues of what's going on in the FBS. It's going to be ugly. 
to your point about the FCS, I agree with your points there. Bad idea for the Pac-12 to play two seasons in one calendar year because guys are going to get tired out. Guys are going to get hurt. Bad idea. You also, like, have to think about shortening the next season, which I don't think is a good idea. Just, like, keep it the same and just don't play in the spring. You could have seen possibly development benefits from playing in the spring because you're playing real football, but I still think you see those get outweighed by the negatives of getting tired out and injury. But to, to your point about the FCS and why I think that would be interesting, the XFL, rip, I wish it was still here. But it is, though. In the rock spot? That's fair. They did. It's just going to be, once again, a, it's second resurrection, I guess, of the XFL. But it played in the spring for a reason. It didn't want to compete with the NFL. It would get destroyed if it tried to compete with the NFL on Sundays during the fall season. The FCS is the same way. I think people would actually watch the FCS if it was not in the same part of the calendar year as FBS football. I would watch it. I think a lot of our teams, other football teams, deserve for it to be in that part of the year. I mean, you got to think about it. Jacksonville State's right up the road from our studios here, about an hour and 15 I minutes. I would probably become you a would, Jacksonville State fan. You would, like, want to watch these yes. guys play, and I think they, they're working hard, man. I'm not saying everybody gets a trophy, but it would be cool for them to start their season in mid-February and go to when it's warmer at the beginning of May when it feels great outside. Would be Just some interesting thought. things for transfers, too, though, when they come from that level. I think it's all worth it, and I, I know they've actually had – They've talked about it. Like, let's actually make it, some real discussions. I think occur. it makes the hotbed for recruiting at, in those levels, the JUCO levels, and maybe even better. Like, you just find a guy that you weren't able to find because you were playing in the middle of March. It's spring break. They're playing. Like, man, we got to get this guy. I, w- I, would, I would watch it. I would, I would say I'd watch it. Yeah, I would for sure. Next question. Have you seen South Carolina's golden statue of a game clock that they're erecting right now? I saw this on SB Nation. They've got all these, they've got the pieces of it together, and it's like this giant gold statue of a rooster. I guess that's what a Gamecock is, yeah. What, like, fair or foul? Like, uh, you got any comments about this? It's weird. Like, like well, I, th- I thought they, I thought the Bible tells us not to do this in Exodus, right? <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's a Cam statue and there's a Nick statue, but you know I'm messing. That's a golden. It's a golden rooster. I've always thought their their mascot was weird. I've always like why, like a rooster. I get it. You have like rooster fights and, and things like that. But to me, it's weird. It's just weird. My know. favorite soccer team is Tottenham Hotspur. After yeah, fighting they, cockerels, so I understand it. I just think it's well, I don't know fair or foul. It's just weird. Well, I put foul there because you know foul a bird. Get it? I think it's foul. I think it looks ugly. I think it, I think it's going to terrify children. Uh, nothing's going to make me. It's going to make well, me have laugh. You seen if the, I see have Williams you seen Bryce like Stadium, the, this giant the weird falcon out in front of the new Falcon Stadium. I don't like it. It's weird. It's yeah. still it's like a weird looking statue. Like, why is it there? Why not raise a statue of Steve Spurrier? He has one there. There? Oh, okay. I Maybe. guess I'm off. I haven't been to Williams Price. winning his coach of all time. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Next question. Mac Jones, he's gained some weight. He's been eating the cookies. I think there was – I was reading an article that said that – or he was quoted as saying that his, his girlfriend cooks him like 10 cookies every night that he's eating. He's put on some pounds. What's the latest on the Alabama quarterback situation? I am in the Mac sack. I don't know what else to call him. There's a Gus bus. I don't know how else to say I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Mac Jones right now. I listen to how he talks. I listen to the way he answers questions. And 
it reminds me of A.J. McCarron a little bit. He came out and said, I'm the starter for this team. I'm the leader of this football team. And he has played much like Jalen did that year. He's like, hey, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the guy. But his play may not get him there. But I like the way that he's talking right now. I like the way that he feels confident. He looks confident. May have needed to gain a little weight. Not a mobile guy anyway. I really am starting to get on this Mac Jones train. Watched SEC uh, Nation or Network the other morning. You know, the, the guy, he threw two picks last And they were both in the freaking Auburn game. You know, but it's like. <laughs> I see you're finally coming around a little bit. I see you're finally, it's, like, it's moving like when, on. But when you look at it, he was the second, had the second highest QBR over the last six games of the year. The guy played good football. Now he loses some receivers, brings back everybody on the offensive line, brings back one of the best running backs in the SEC. Back attack. He brings back the Alabama football team. Let's just, I mean, every year that's the same situation for any quarterback. Oh, he's got he's got receivers, he's got running backs, offensive linemen are well, going to be. Well, you gotta realize AJ never had a good defense too. AJ McCarron didn't have receivers. And neither yeah. did Greg McWorld. We had Julio, but they underused him. It wasn't AJ. <laughs> Didn't have but Amari Cooper. His, 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 he, <laughs> had AJ won in, in 2011. AJ had Marquise Mays and Darius Haynes. Yeah, and he had a freshman Amari Cooper, and that was it. Well, not 2011. It would have been 2010 national championship because Auburn won. Alabama won in 09, and no, then Alabama uh, won the Alabama won the 09 football season. So it was 2010 national championship. It's the 2011. Auburn won the next. It's the national 2011 national championship, national championship when okay. they when they have the, the on the bricks outside. It says 2000. So you're saying the one against Notre Dame. No, he beat LSU. Oh, that's right. I, how did I forget the LSU? The game was played in 2012. That's but right. It's still a 2011 season. Question number five Auburn offensive and defensive players alike, they are raving about the changes to the offense. I mean, all of them are like, there's going to be more explosive plays. There's been a lot, of def- uh, a lot of differences that they've seen, a lot of changes, defensive backs, and uh, just guys on the defense alike all over the place are saying that there's a whole lot more that they're having to account for now. And I guess that means pre snap motion to me. Is this too good to be true? Like, are we actually going to see how, a different Auburn offense? How many times have you heard this? Every year. This who is the, this who is the, the OC, week. Who was the guy last year? OC? Gus Malzahn. He had a, he had a guy. No, Gus ran the offense. Kenny Dillingham was yeah, the Kenny Dillingham was the offensive OC. You heard it when it was Chip Lindsey, and you heard it when it was Rhett Lashley. The, the playbook only gets so far away from Gus Malzahn's hands, and every year he gives it away. And then when it looks bad, he takes it back. And then when that looks bad, he gives it back to somebody else. And he hopes to God that the blame doesn't fall on him. Same thing. Last year, he couldn't help it because you hired Kenny Dillingham late in the game. And you really didn't have a choice. But how much of this offense is really going to change? Back in January, I titled one of our shows, Don't Buy the Chad Morris Hype at Auburn. I'm beginning to not fall in line and I'm still skeptical of the relationship because like there's some things you just don't do with your friends you know like you don't loan money you don't don't go into business you know like and now they're working together and like that's an interesting relationship because we know how like you've already said how much of a hard time Gus has had with giving up and relinquishing control of play calling then when something bad goes down he has to take it back because the blame ultimately does fall back on him because of his history as an offensive quote genius so when you look at it, like this is an interesting situation. Like, how much control does Chad Morris really have? Like, 
How does this relationship play out? Is Gus okay with not being the smartest person in the room anymore? Like, can he I, step aside offensively and allow Chad Morris to really work? Is Chad Morris smarter than Gus Malzahn? I think he may be a better offensive mind than Gus at this point. I think I from think, where he had he had the best talent in the world at Clemson a few years ago, and and after that, like, what's he what's he been doing? He was successful at SMU. Bad things did happen in Arkansas, but you can't ignore no, the, that, the, the situation in favor. But where is the Chad Morris consistency of being this dominant offensive coordinator? He did it like for a couple years at Clemson with, I mean, dude, come on, Deshaun Watson, who's the best quarterback? Deshaun Watson may be the best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. I feel like Chad Morris's concepts are more modern. I feel like he's got a more updated no, offensive I, I approach than agree. Gus Malzahn. I completely agree. And so. I, that's my main reason why I'm I'm actually believing some of this stuff that's coming out. I, I think what is being said is truthful. I think Chad Morris is bringing in new concepts. I just want to actually see it be executed in the game, and whoever's calling the plays, which it is going to be Chad Morris, I want to actually see those plays being called, right? And I don't want to see in difficult and tight situations Auburn become conservative. Yes, I want to see the slant route on first down and 10. I want to see it. Well, you're going to have more RPOs. I mean, he was kind of one of the ones that was really hitting those early. I think it's going to be a relief for Auburn fans to not see Gus with the board in his hand that has three plays on the front and three plays on the back, and he flips it over to see which one he wants. Like, he can't remember six plays. (laughs) I mean, that's the truth. I think Chad Morris is a good OC. He has an uphill battle. This is not as big of an uphill battle as Arkansas was. It's nowhere near as talented as anything that he had at Clemson over, I guess, the three or four years that he was there. This is still going to be a little bit of an uphill battle from an offensive line and a, a running back standpoint. See what he can really do. And has one solid receiver on the outside. Hey, on the outside. Who else? Well, he's got Schwartz and Williams, two of the best receivers in our league. Anthony Schwartz, if he can't run straight, he will not catch the ball. I mean, this is not go, true. Go he catches route, a lot of comeback route. routes. He's a, a lot of curl routes. Guy's fast. You can't take away from that. He's fast. Come on. He's blazing fast. He's one of the fastest human beings in our country 100 percent. i would put that guy up against tyree kill we made like two plays last year that is not true no he is a how many receiving yards do you have 300 now you're gonna have to go and find this we'll talk about it last question acc basketball programs coaches they're suggesting that every team in division one basketball make the ncaa tournament yay or nay from a money perspective this is genius you could have an ncaa basketball tournament that lasts 12 weeks. This is like a three That's month. not true. It would only add like a couple more rounds. Because exponentially it grows. That's you know true. I mean? Like so you have a 68-team tournament. You double that. Okay, now you're at one. Well, it's, all, it's already two and a half, three weeks. So you could get this thing up to like five weeks. So over a month of an NCAA basketball tournament. And that's why they want to do it. They want to try and recoup some of the losses from last year. I'm against it, though, because it already feels like every single team – Makes the NCAA tournament to me. No, 440 yards and a touchdown last year. Not one of the best receivers in this league. As far as his intangibles, he is one of the fastest human beings in this country. You find a way to effectively use – they have not effectively used Anthony Schwartz, as we're now going back to question number five. They have not effectively used him, and I want to see what Chad Morris can do. Because when you look at this guy's speed, he doesn't drop passes. The guy does catch the football. You also have to remember he was hurt last year at the beginning of the season. He did miss a game or two. He also didn't play in the Iron Bowl. 
So he did miss a couple of ball games. Not that it would have made a huge difference in terms of yardage or statistics. You look at the guy's intangibles and how fast he is, and he doesn't drop passes. He's a great receiver. They just haven't used him effectively. But, but wave it off the college you, basketball. You talk have no, back, you back have no proof that he is a great receiver. Like he runs fast. So did Corey Grant. Remember when he transferred? And everybody told me he ran like a four one nine, and he got to Auburn. He had like four rushing yards in 20, 2014. I mean, come on. He runs fast. So does everybody else in the SEC. Not that fast. 349 teams in the NCAA He has tournament. a... Okay, well, back to basketball then. On to our last coach. I'm not here for it. Everybody already does make the NCAA tournament in my eyes. You know why? Because we have conference tournaments. Yeah, but That's so, your way in. Aren't they talking about they eliminate the conference tournament in this and then they everybody just kind of... To me, it's not... It devalues like, the regular season. And that's what I'm saying. So what, I think the SEC would rather have some conference tourney money then just everybody, if you're going to eliminate the conference tourney and just throw everybody in the NCAA tournament, I don't get it. Not for me. It, what is, I mean, it's really, you're right. It's like two and a half more rounds, maybe. No, well, two more rounds, essentially. I'm going to bring out my calculator start doing some exponential math. I haven't done this since high school. But if it's only two more rounds, like, you could say that's okay. It's about two and a half more rounds. Yeah. Because it's, it's 64 a- times two. It's 128. 128 times 2 is 256, and there's like 350 programs in college basketball. So there's like three more rounds maybe. For these smaller schools, I think it would be good. Like how much money is generated off the Midwestern South Texas Conference Tournament? Almost no dollar playing in like a high school gym. But for the SEC, does the ACC really want to give up their conference tournament? I don't know what what other than trying to recoup some losses, but when it was unanimous, like supposedly it was unanimous. Yeah, it was fourteen out of fourteen, right? Or, like yeah. something was sold in that room that made everybody think that this was a great idea. Well, you, once again, you can get two more weeks of TV revenue. So over a three and a half week period, they're already generating over a billion dollars. What if you can get a little bit? What if you can get that up to? What if you can get another billion and try to recover? from some of these losses that a lot of these athletics departments are about to have. Well, now once we open this box, though, what, what stops it from not happening every year? And every team makes the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying I like the idea. I mean, yeah. I don't think I don't think this should happen. But, you know, money is driving everything. That's why the college football playoffs is going to be like 16 teams in 20 years. <laughs> or uh, No, no, not 16. Every team in 20 well, years. Yeah. Can you imagine? There's, <laughs> there's a, not a college football season anymore. 130 like teams make the college football playoff. <laughs> and uh, that would take a lot longer to play, though. <laughs> there's no more season anymore. There's just the playoff. That is it. <laughs> which is which is almost where we are now. It's great. Uh, that does it for Speed Round, brought to you by Lance Brown. Allstate, when it comes to protecting your most valuable possessions, talk to a real person, not some website. Give Allstate agent Lance Brown a call at 334-758-0088 today to make sure you get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Are you in good hands? Jeremy and I continue to talk about Alabama and Auburn as they ramp up intensity for the start of the football season. What's the latest with Alabama? What's the latest with Auburn? We've got that for you coming up next on On the Line on AU100, Kicks 96.3, and Fox Sports Central Alabama. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back.
you're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We're only a week away from the start of the SEC football season here on On the Line. Noah Gardner, Jeremy Law with you on AU100, Kicks 96.3 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Or if you're on demand with us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. That's where you can find us. Go check us out. Go leave a review. Subscribe to us. Support the show, man. That's what you got to do. Yeah, support it. I've already listened to a couple episodes there. It's fun to see it. Fun to see it pop up there. What's the latest with Alabama football right now? It seems like uh, the quarterback situation, although a starter hasn't been named, uh, I mean, it's going to be Mac Jones. The guy's eating cookies 10 a night now. Um, according to him, apparently his girlfriend cooks some cookies, 10 of them every night. Hey, our wives, maybe. I, I'm not. I'm just saying maybe, you know, <laughs> not 10. I, I couldn't put away 10 a night. I'm not a college football quarterback. Um, but I think that that speaks confidence. I think I think just confidence is illuminating for Mac Jones when you're over here in your press conferences instead of talking about and he is talking about the competition but instead of like you know talking about other things you're talking about how you eat cookies and you've gained weight and how you're prepared for the season that just speaks to me like hey I'm the guy. Uh, listen, he's the quarterback. There's it's almost impossible for a true freshman to come in like Bryce Young has come in and to top Mac Jones in this scenario. There's a lot of reports that Bryce may or may not have had the virus, and which made him miss 10 more days of uh, workouts and miss a scrimmage. It had no spring, barely a real summer, and you roll in and you expect him to not only be better than Mac Jones, which he has as much talent, if not more, but to know the playbook, where to go with the reads, and then a guy who's been in this system, this is his fourth year. So, I mean, it, Mac Jones is going to be the starter. That does not mean that Bryce Young can't win this job later on. But what's the latest with Alabama is Mac Jones is your starting quarterback. The team feels confident with Mac Jones. Um, and I really, I'm really starting to believe, as I said last segment, that Mac Jones is good enough to win a national title. And I wouldn't have said that three or four months ago, but I'm I'm starting, you can say I'm buying the hype, but I'm buying, I think I'm buying the hype. I'm gonna say it's brainwashing. Well, not listen, <laughs> you gotta think about it. So one of your contenders could be gone that could have beaten Alabama. He's got to beat Clemson. That's it. I mean, if he gets to the playoff. Well, that's not it. But if he gets to the playoff, that's you it. beat Clemson, you've won a national title. Well, I think I saw like Dennis Dodd of CBS said that like Alabama and Cincinnati were going to be the two teams. We're going to be one of two teams playing in a semifinal game. Like that was one of the predictions out there. And I'm like, Ooh. like you got to think about this. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, you get, you get, I don't think two SEC teams are going to get in. I think if this is a year that a non Power five team can get in. They this will be the year. Of course, because we only have three power five conferences. Yeah, but I mean, they could put Georgia in or Florida in or whoever loses the SEC title game if that's their only loss. But or Auburn in. When I'm filling with Alabama, defense is going to be improved. A lot of those got young guys that played last year, from everything that you're hearing, are very, are just better because you they were bad last year, and they you can say that about them because they were, but they're going to be much improved. You have a st- I won't say you're not going to have a lights out playmaker at quarterback, but you're going to have a better game. You're going to have a better Jake Coker, and he won a national title. Never lost a game as a starter. Fourteen and zero. Had a cannon. Was a statue and had a cannon. You're not call wrong. A statue. I mean, what's he still running from? What's his name? Carl Lawson or whoever <laughs> that was. Uh, I just I don't like rehashing old old Iron Bowls that we don't win. 
Uh, what's the latest with Auburn? Eyes are on this offense. Too bad Kentucky's defense, which is sneaky good. Uh, honestly, should probably get, get more credit than they do. They bring back a lot of talent on that side of the football. Mark Stoops is a defensive mind. He's got that pedigree as a defensive coordinator in the past. It's pretty good. And um, it makes me uncomfortable because I believe that changes have came to the offense. I, I legit think the playbook looks different. I've seen too much practice video sent out from Auburn of slant passes and 80-yard touchdown runs from Sean Shivers. I've, 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 I've seen too much to tell me that Auburn football's offense isn't going to look different, different this year. I think it's going to look different. But I think you should probably be quiet, though, because I don't necessarily – with all the coronavirus – uh, I mean, 16 players missed practice last week because, or, or two weeks ago, I guess now, missed practice last week because they, they were positive. And from what we know for a fact after what Gus Malzahn said on, on a Sunday press conference a week ago was that those guys that missed, like there were position groups decimated. Like they didn't have enough on like two position groups to practice. We don't know which ones those are, but there were a couple position groups that were out and there's several position groups where I think Auburn's got a lot of talent on their team but we know there's some gelling that needs to take place across the board like on the offensive line like in the running back room where when I'm talking about this offense right now you feel great about quarterbacks and receivers because that's obviously the the two position groups that are most set in stone and you, you feel most comfortable with based on the talent that's coming back and in the experience that they have there but on the offensive line it's brand new and running back you don't know who the starter is yet and I just I don't I just think you stay quiet because Kentucky's got a lot figured out on defense. It's not going to look great in Week One. I don't think Auburn's going to be a refined offensive machine Week One. I think they could score thirty points maybe, but you shouldn't need thirty points to beat Kentucky Week One. I think if you can score twenty eight, somewhere between twenty five and twenty eight, and you can get a decent defensive effort, you should be able to win the game, win it by less than seven, and I'll be a, I'd be happy with that. Auburn fans though, what they're hearing right now, what they're being fed is that, oh, this defense is going to look, not this defense, this offense is going to look great, differences, explosiveness. I mean, that's what everybody's saying. It's building up excitement, only to be let down probably week one because they're playing a good defense. And just save yourself the save yourself the breath. Just don't, don't hype it up. Just be quiet. Don't say anything. The name of the game with a 10-game SEC slate is just win the game. Like, there's yeah. no, we're not playing, you're not playing for style points this year. You're not trying to beat, Louisiana Lafayette by 50 to make sure you look better than Ohio State who beat Alcorn State by 50. you got to win these games. And this is a pesky Kentucky team over the last few years. They have maybe one of the best locker room coaches in Stoops. They love him. Gets the guy. He is the best Kentucky football coach in the last 30 years. No, absolutely, no doubt. He wins games. Best coach since the Bear. I mean, but he wins games that they – Normally would win. He beat Florida for the first time in 31 years. And he almost wouldn't be surprised if he somehow snuck up and beat Florida again somehow. I'll be just saying, like, this is where they this... played them tight last yeah. year. I mean, this is where this Kentucky team is. And if you're Auburn fans, you're going to be good. But you got to get... New systems are new systems. And this isn't necessarily the year that you want to be just trotting out the new system with coronavirus running through your team... Yeah. Especially if it hits your offensive line, who which you're not concerned about. You're the probably the only person that's not. But I mean, if it was the offensive line that got hit, Noah, it's going to really set you back. Because like I said, Bryce Young could be the starting quarterback right now if it wasn't for coronavirus. Yeah. And that's 10 days that you're out. Auburn's got a real opportunity to be 2-0 and after these first two oh, games. Yeah. It looked really good. Like, Georgia's beatable. 
without a doubt in my mind, Georgia is beatable in week two. Kentucky's beatable. You have better players. Auburn has better players than Kentucky. Kentucky is beatable. If I'm living in a world where Kentucky's not beatable, well, I'm probably not watching college football anymore. But Kentucky's beatable, no. They are beatable, obviously. And Georgia's beatable this year, though, is the other is the other half of that equation. There's I mean, I watched Auburn go twenty one zero for the first three quarters last year against Georgia and somehow still lose after they come back made that comeback in the fourth quarter and you're you're like, Man, yeah, I left that Georgia game last year thinking Auburn should have won this football game. Auburn played not better than Georgia, but I felt like Auburn was a better team than Georgia at the end of the year last year. They just couldn't get it done on offense. Well, this year, Georgia's offense is going to be not good, I don't think. And it sets up in week two with both teams' offenses being super inexperienced and the defenses being the best teams about their program right now. It sets up a winnable game for Auburn in week two. Auburn needs to be 2-0 and after this after the first two weeks of the season to really have a shot at something at the end of the year because the rest of the first half of the season is manageable. Auburn needs to be undefeated going into the back end of the schedule. Going into the last five games, Auburn needs to be 5-0 and or else this year is going to be a huge disappointment. If you're Auburn, you have to beat Kentucky because they're be- they're more beatable than Georgia. Obviously. And if you somehow in a sneaky 11 o'clock game drop Kentucky and you go to Georgia the next week you're two. and you're 0-2, see the first couple games for Alabama much more manageable, although A&M is week two and I think Alabama wins that game still. But if you're Auburn, you you don't you want to be two and zero. You would hate to go zero and two. You'd almost be he won't be okay with splitting because you don't want to be one and one. You don't want to be five hundred. But that is a this is a more tricky start to the season. I think a lot of people are looking at it because you see the Kentucky blue and the UK on the hill, and you say we can win that. We can win that game. But I'm telling you, this isn't this isn't the Kentucky from a decade ago anymore. This is kind of James Franklin Vanderbilt. That Mark Stoops has built at Kentucky. Better. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Better athletes, better players. So if you're Auburn, you got to be on your P's and Q's. It's going to be tough. And if Auburn wins the game, a lot more credit to them because of the coronavirus stuff that's been going down. And they're, they, they're going to have a good football team. But Auburn, I think they just play three or four teams this year that are better than them on paper. And so it's just going to be a, a, a tad bit of an uphill battle when they're trying to make it to Atlanta, win the SEC West. But I think I think the first two games are winnable games. Now, the second one's a lot more losable, but Auburn could be 2-0, and 0-2 or 1-1. and Yeah, I mean, the full gamut there. But, like, the, the range of success for Auburn this year definitely dramatically varies in each one of those scenarios. Like, 1-1 one one season's still salvageable, especially if it's beat Kentucky, barely lost to Georgia, something like that. You win both of them, expectations are through the roof after week two for Auburn because now you've beaten a top-five team in the country in Georgia. You go 0-2, everybody's freaking out, and Gus Malzahn's back in the hot seat. I'll say this, you have to scale it down a little bit in this, um, in this situation, but Kentucky football is to Auburn football as Auburn basketball has been recent years to Kentucky basketball going in this game. One team traditionally doesn't have the pedigree that the other, and I've used that word a lot today, but one, one team doesn't have the tradition that the other team does. Auburn football traditionally is a football program over Kentucky. Kentucky basketball is, is traditionally a basketball program over Auburn. But both of them, the underdogs in these two scenarios, Auburn basketball to Kentucky basketball and Kentucky football to Auburn football are a lot better now. And they want to beat a team like a team a team that is above them, right? Kentucky I mean, wants to win this game. 
to make a statement 100% and to, and to build the credibility of their program. Last segment coming up on the other side of this break, we're going to do some college football picks, our first of the season. we got four games lined up for you. They're all ACC games. Maybe Jeremy and I will disagree. I don't know. We'll see. There, there's some pretty lopsided matchups, but stay tuned here for us. We're going to give you some good updates on what's happening in college football today. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On the Line. Last segment of On the Line. Noah Gardner, Jeremy Law with you on AU100, Kicks 96.3, and Fox Sports Central Alabama. It's time for college football picks. Man, like I said at the start of the show, it feels good to at least just be talking about something real that's happening, tangible, something that we can watch. There may be fans in the stands. There may not be in some of these games that we're watching this weekend. NFL's not going to have anybody there. It's going to look weird in some places, but at the end of the day, you're still watching football, and it is great. Glorified scrimmages is kind of what it's probably going to feel like, but it's real results, and it means something, and you're going to forget about the fact that there are no fans there pretty quickly, just like you have in any other sport. So, Jeremy, We'll keep track of these records all year long. I know you've been trying to talk about uh, trying to get some type of bet between me and you. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know if Mary Beth's going to let that happen. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. Yeah, she's, that's right. Yeah. She's tight. She's tight. I got to give it to her. She controls the money in that house. That's not true. <laughs> it's a team. It's a team. And let's talk about the teams here on our pick slate right now. we got four games for you. We'll start with the one coming up right after us, 11 a.m., ACC Network, Syracuse, at number 18, North Carolina. I, I said sleepy Syracuse, North Carolina. They're they're on a mission this year because they have a chance to win the ACC. Go to the college football they, playoff. They're definitely going to be second, and they have a slight chance to beat Clemson. But they they're winning this game big. I think that you'll the first loss you'll see from North Carolina will probably be in the ACC title game. I'm glad I've pulled you over to this. Well, side. their their schedule's horrible, right? I mean, everybody's schedule's horrible in the ACC. <laughs> um, but not this year because at least they're one of the three conferences that decided they wanted to play football. So I'm, I'm here for that. Q's offensive line, terrible. They gave up 50 sacks last year. They yeah. lose some key skill position player dudes off of last year's team. I mean, Syracuse has been a good football team the past couple years. They're not going to be good this yeah. year. They're going to be bad. North Carolina, like you said, on a mission, experienced, lethal. Give me UNC. Notre Dame hosting Duke, number 10, fighting Irish at home, 1.30 p.m. on NBC. Notre Dame, first Notre Dame year in the ACC. Channel. The head coach of the Clemson Tigers wants Notre Dame in the ACC forever. Notre Dame, they'll it's going to be Clemson and then Notre Dame or North Carolina. Is that one, two, three is going to go? No, none of those teams will lose to any teams not named one of those teams. North Carolina, I mean, excuse me, Notre Dame wins this one easily. Well, isn't Notre Dame? And I need to go and look at this. They real play quick in the regular it. season. They play Clemson and North Carolina both, though. Clemson and North Carolina don't play each other. Yeah. So yeah, Clemson and North Carolina don't play. Notre Dame plays them both, I believe, which is why I I'm said this would just kind of be a big. Notre Dame kind of got the shaft on that one, I believe, because they I they believe, play both. Yeah, they play both. So in the last four weeks of the season, isn't it funny that Notre Dame has the toughest ACC schedule? <laughs> they paid their way in, and now, <laughs> yep, that's true. Um, Notre Dame's better players across the board. Let's don't make this rocket science. They're better than Duke. All right, two, two pristine academic institutions going at it, but one of them knows how to play football. Duke's going to be a lot worse this year, too. I think Cutcliffe's time, I think, is is getting close to being over. 
Yeah, but listen, he had he had a great his, run with it though. He had what's his name from the Giants? I mean, yeah, I mean that he had a good run with it. You know who his quarterback is this year? Chase Bryce from Clemson, the guy who led the comeback two years ago against Syracuse when college football playoff hopes were on the line. Yeah, when Lawrence got the concussion, right? Yep. Mm. And so this is from a couple of years ago when Kelly Bryant jettisoned out and he would have been the guy in that ball game and ended up being Chase Bryce, all the way down to a guy who would have been a third stringer. Now he's the quarterback at Duke. I don't think he's going to do that against Notre Dame, but give me the fighting Irish. The game I think is going to be the best all day just because it's going to be close. Georgia Tech at Florida State, 2.30 ABC. I like Tech. They have transformed oh. the system. <laughs> they have they recruited well for Georgia Tech. Now, they still got to get the system in. I can't think of their coach's name, but they hired Alabama's offensive line coach, Brent Key, and he's like the offensive coordinator. They recruited Atlanta well. Better than they've really recruited Atlanta over the last few years, I selling think. Selling the spread I mean, instead of the triple well, option. Selling the spread instead of the triple option. You still got to get that beef in that they'd want, but I just don't buy this Florida State team. Dude, they were they average. Were, they, I don't know. Below average. They were, if they played in any other conference, they may have been like 0-8 in the SEC is how bad That's fair. they were. I think they could have beaten Ole Miss. Ole Miss or Notre Dame. I mean, Vanderbilt, <laughs> Vanderbilt said Notre Dame, Gold Helmet, or, or Missouri. South Carolina. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. They definitely don't win seven games if it was last a, year. I just don't see them being good. And, yeah, they got a quarterback coming back, but yeah, I like Georgia Tech. You'll go a different direction. So I'm going to go Florida State. I th- we got to split on something. This is the difference maker this week because we both know we're picking Clemson on the next one. I like Florida State's defense. Ten starters back. They did a pretty good job of defending the run last year, and they recruit well. They've got better players than Georgia Tech. Let's just be real. They recruit, they recruit top 15, top 20 every year at least. For a while there, while Jimbo was there, it was top 10. And I know a lot of those guys are gone. The players are at least there. Now, you're talking about their quarterback a little bit. James Blackman, I know he's going into year three year now. It's like Jeremy Johnson at quarterback. It's not great. It's pretty bad. But he like, like 175 yeah, like pounds, man. Yeah. I just don't see. He's this not is, good. This is a game where Georgia Tech's going to want to get after. It's on the road. How many fans are going to be in that stadium? Like 20,000 at the most? Like, do, do home Less. games Have even... Have you seen Georgia Tech football games? Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's at Florida Oh, it State. is at Florida State. So, like, is it... Is a home game... Is that even, a like, a, a determining factor who's going to win year. now? It feels like... Um, it's like the bubble. It, well, it feels like scrimmages now, almost. And it's going to be an equalizer. And I do think... And that's why I think this is going to be an entertaining game. It's going to be close. I just think Georgia, I think Georgia Tech's still a little bit behind. I don't think they're quite there yet, but can, I think you, they're going to be better. You can replace the last one with Iowa State and Lafayette. I'm telling you. I'm not going to. Number one, Clemson at Wake Forest, 630 ABC. Why are we picking, though? I, Make our records look better. Clemson. I mean, it's not rocket science. Like I said earlier about Notre Dame, it's not rocket science. Don't make it complicated. Well, that, that, I think this is more about what Wake looks like, though, without Jamie Newman. Well, like, that, is Wake Forest a bowl team this year? Is it what Wake? I think if Jamie Newman was still at Georgia, you could really get a taste of how good Jamie Newman was. But he's he's not playing anymore. It's like that's. I think that was like one of the main reasons I would have watched this game. Oh, how's how's Wake Forest without Jamie Newman? And they're probably not as good. And Jamie Newman may have made Georgia a little better. But Clemson's gonna he's gonna do what Dabo does. He's gonna win this game, 42-14, slip up, give up two TDs. But he Clemson is on its way to an easy appearance in the ACC title game. 100%. Running through the whole table, running the whole gamut. The only the only team standing in their way is Notre Dame. That's it. 
That is it. And that's it for On the Line this week. Thank you for joining us once again on AU100, Kicks 96.3, and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Go and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law will be back with you next Saturday, same time, same place. You know where to find us. Don't go anywhere. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net. 